0: Hey there and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick and I'm recording this on a nice Thursday morning. There is a slight drizzle so I have my umbrella and I keep my microphone in my other hand. But I'm not sure if this is going to get worse or better. Hopefully better. Although I'm still very glad that it's raining from time to time now. So that we... uh, can get a bit of relief from very dry weeks the uh, trucks that are providing the food for the local supermarket are passing me by this is still relatively early in the morning life is starting up and if you didn't know better it really feels like everything is back to normal that's the overall feeling that I have over the past few days is that slowly everything is falling back in its regular place. I wouldn't say it's old place, because I don't think that our society will be like it was before the corona crisis anytime soon. But there is a sense of normality. And for me, uh, that the the, the kind of the uh, the summit of that was yesterday evening, when I spent some time cleaning the living room where I, from which I've been working for, uh, for the duration of three months now. And I have this big uh, dinner table that I put there. Not because I, <laughs> I need a big table to eat. Actually, I rarely eat dinner at that table uh, because I'm alone. But it is the table where uh, we play board games and uh, where if you have guests, you can sit. And that table was covered in equipment, manuals from the PTZ cameras that we bought, cables, uh, all sorts of equipment, recorders, cameras, microphones, all because I was constantly going back and forth between my apartment and the the church nearby. It's a... Um, there is a little hallway that connects my directory to, uh, to the church. And every time after the weekend, we'd bring in the cameras and some of the equipment to, uh, to my apartment. And then later, when the church was available again, we would bring it back to the church. So instead of bringing that upstairs, or I don't have that much storage room on the, on the ground level, uh, I just put it on that table. But it also confronted me every morning, every afternoon, every evening with the fact that my house was no longer mine and it was now almost a second office. Now, yesterday evening, I uh, cleaned that entire table from everything that was related to these live streams and I set up two cameras, um, some... uh, some other equipment um, laptop I didn't think I put any extra lights there that's another thing that I'm working on but uh, and then I uh, I started streaming a Lego stream a Lego build Um, it's something that I haven't been doing for for three months now I just did not have the time uh, the energy to stream uh, these Lego sessions which, before the corona started, was something I did on a very regular basis and formed a nice LEGO community around it that enjoyed watching me build uh, all sorts of LEGO sets. But even more importantly, loved to chat with me because it's a very relaxing atmosphere. Something is happening. There's a little bit of action, but it is very slow-paced, especially because I'm not very good at building LEGO. And in the meantime... There's always the opportunity to ask questions and to exchange uh, what's happening in the life of my followers and my life. And I just miss those times. I kind of almost resented the, the work for having invaded my, uh, my living room like that and had um, taken my, my, well, part of my life hostage <laughs> and... To free up that table, to stream Lego, even though it was a short session, relatively short, 40 minutes, it felt liberating, it felt reassuring that now, finally, the time has come that I can make room for, my, uh, for, for other things than just parish work. Walking underneath the highway again, hence the echo that you hear and soon we'll be uh, in the woods and out in the open another thing that I'm enjoying is having time to it's, it's very plain stuff to clean the kitchen <laughs> I spent an hour yesterday cleaning the kitchen degreasing the cabinets and uh, um, the uh like the coffee machine hadn't been cleaned for about a year (laughs) and it takes time to clean it I used vinegar to uh, get uh, get it really cleaned up again I noticed that the coffee is much uh, warmer now that the heating element is not clogged anymore so it does improve the quality of the coffee as well All right, let's cross this road before that truck runs over me (laughs) and then go to the right. But having that kitchen spick and span again, being able to cook in a clean environment, it's all really nice and I appreciate it so much more. It's something I said to the Lego community yesterday evening it is because you've been deprived of the simple things in life that now that some of that is coming back you appreciate it so much more it also creates a certain inner freedom to refocus on um, important pillars of of a balanced life that I've been neglecting Not really purposely, but just put it on the back burner because there was so much other stuff to do. The most important one is my own physical and spiritual health. Like many others, I've been gaining some weight over these past three months. Not necessarily because my lifestyle changed that much, but a lot of it disappeared. Like long walks, runs... Um, traveling back and forth between home and the office. All that. Small things. But in the end, after three months, it adds up. And so, I, uh, I finally start counting calories again, which I tried, I think, three or four times during these corona times. And almost every time I I started off well and I got to my calorie limit and then uh, after about 8 o'clock in the evening I just caved in I was like "I uh, life is hard I need to watch television and eat snacks and of course that is the that's a downfall (laughs) once you get in the habit of of watching TV uh, while eating snacks well You do that for three months and you will see the results. So, I've decided that that has come to an end as well. Now that my kitchen is clean, now that I'm starting Lego again, I'm going to refocus on uh, getting to a healthy weight, walking more. I want to start running. There is a slight possibility that I'm going to run a marathon in September, although nothing nothing has been uh confirmed yet it all depends on how the develop how the situation around the coronavirus will uh, develop here i've heard some disturbing news from germany this morning that the number of infections is rising again and germany is a, a little bit ahead of us so they opened up society a bit earlier than we did and now things are well, at least showing a tendency to go wrong again, which means probably that they will uh, restore some of the restrictions. And that is, of course, a huge possibility in my country as well. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But in the meantime, having uh, this potential marathon in, uh, in the fall is a, is, a, is a reason for me to start training again. Listen to those birds love it blackbirds singing <laughs> in the early morning lovely sound oh and it's so fragrant the air especially now that i'm surrounded by trees and uh grass on my right i think these are potato plants the uh, alternate between corn and, and potatoes every year, so it 's always a surprise to see what this uh, path will look like in the summer. Another thing um, that that I did, and it, again, it sounds so trivial, and yet it feels like a new a new step is I bought a new pair of trousers. <laughs> now you may think what?" <laughs> why is that news? Why should, you, why should you mention that on a podcast? It is because I've been walking around in uh, completely used-up trousers for, uh, for three months now. Most of the clothing stores where I usually go to get my clothes are, were, were closed because of corona, and they just recently reopened. And I've never been comfortable uh, buying clothes online because, uh, from experience, even if it is something is is my size, I still have to try it out, try it on, and see if it really fits if it 's the right i don 't know comedy i 'm just a weird i i 've got a weird body i guess <laughs> i 'm a, a little bit short, and uh, for some reason, Dutch clothes rarely work right away. I have to try three, four uh, pairs of trousers before I find the one that fits. The same thing with shoes. I have the same brand of shoes for, uh, I think, 20 years now. And it's because any other type of shoes, even though they may be my size, they just don't work with my feet. So I think I have American feet because I'm wearing uh, this particular US brand shoes for, uh, for 20 years now, and I don't want to change it anymore, but they're very hard to get. The thing is, if you, of course, if you, if you buy clothes online, you can send them back. But that is extra work. It takes time. You have to wrap it. You have to send it back. Um, there's some administration necessary. I just don't want to deal with that. I just want to go to a store, try out a pair of trousers, and then uh, be done with it. Okay. The lady's walking her two dogs, both of which are actually wearing clothes. The bigger dog has a red rain coat and the smaller dog poodle or whatever it is has a um white overcoat with blue flowers on it and it's a it's just a drizzle here (laughs) so i don't know why why these two poor dogs were uh, put in that outfit um but i bought myself a new pair of walking trousers these are actually Trousers, um, same brand that I bought on my way to Santiago. I, uh, <laughs> I bought a, a budget version of... Um, of uh, Well, not it wasn't... Like, when I was shopping for the right clothes, I wanted to have trousers that I could wear in any type of weather, and that would dry quickly. Very important, because you usually only have one pair of trousers, and maybe some shorts, and that's it. And so, if you wash your your clothes you want them to be dry the next day and most trousers don't dry uh in overnight these do um so i think this is north face when i when i uh, left for for uh, santiago uh, to walk the camino i uh, i didn't want to buy the the expensive ones and so i just took a like a home brand and i think after a week or so they were already completely destroyed It was just cheap fat, fat, fabric And then I had to buy the, the more expensive brand uh, in, a, in a Spanish store anyway So I've been wearing those hands Those uh, trousers for about five years No, it's not that long It's three years For three years now And I've done so many walks with it So it's been a huge um, return on investment I think they were a hundred bucks which for me is very expensive. It's, I'm not used to paying a 100 bucks for just a pair of trousers. But in this case, it was absolutely worth it because these were almost indestructible until a couple of weeks ago when I noticed that there was a tear in the bottom of the, of the trousers. And I was like, okay, what do I have left? I only have one set of clothes that are for Sundays or when I have to go to a formal occasion, I don't know, uh, like a meeting or, or a TV interview. Um, and I bought those about two years ago. Um, the thing is I don't want to wear them too much because I'm afraid that they too will have to be replaced. And so the only other pair of trousers that I had without a hole in the bottom <laughs> were my, um, my sweatpants. So the, the, my running pants. And these are super cheap polyester clothes, uh, very uncomfortable, too wide, um, completely used up. But I've been walking around in those pants for for weeks now. And I look like the prototypical, you know, uh, person that you see in the supermarket. It's, you know, not wearing pajamas, but the next best thing. (laughs) totally unacceptable to walk around like that but I had no alternative and so um, I finally got this, these trousers and, or these pants and uh, wearing them today for the first time they're a little bit uh, tight but that is because I am a little bit wider (laughs) than I used to be, (laughs) somewhat bigger so I think over time they will fit perfectly, the length is good and uh, it's, it's very comfortable, feels like the other pants that I used to have while walking so but changing clothes just being able to put on new clothes feels so good and then the 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 final thing that I did yesterday to also to to uh, reinforce this this sense of uh, of of, uh, restart is I got a haircut (laughs) I know that I was on the late side Um, hairdressers opened reopened a month ago they were one of those first contact uh, professions that were allowed to open mostly because everyone needs to go to get a haircut after a while. But I'd been postponing. There was, just, there was something about the idea of sitting in a chair and having someone very close to your face. And you don't know that person. Um, good morning to you, too. <laughs> All right. All right is going down this path I'm not even sure if this is a if this is uh, uh, connecting to other roads We will find out I see some small transport buses over there they're going backwards so maybe it's closed off, we'll see maybe I should have checked if this is a real road oh, it's coming towards me uh, does it see me? probably not, I'll just uh, step on the grass here I don't want to get run over, so uh, I've I'd been uh, postponing getting a haircut mostly also because I I I got a haircut. There you go. He definitely did not see me. Uh, I did get a haircut like a few days before the lockdown started, so I was I was very lucky that to be more more or less presentable for uh, the duration of the Corona lockdown. But now it was really nice to get back. The, the poor owner, so it's, uh, I think he's from Syria or from Iraq, I'm not sure. Um, he had just taken over uh, the, the salon from the previous owner that I was friends with, a Syrian hairdresser who wanted to change profession um, because he actually had a very good job back in Iraq. Or back in Syria. No, he was from Syria. But then, because of the situation there, he had to, uh, to migrate, flee with his family, start at this uh, uh, hair salon. But he just felt overqualified, and he actually was. I had great conversations with this guy. And so he changed profession and sold his, his, his uh, salon to a friend of his from the same country. And so he, they had just refurbished the entire hair salon uh reopened and a week later so i was one of the first customers to to get my haircut there and a week later everything went in lockdown and so uh, his assistant actually told me yesterday that uh, um he decided to pay his personnel despite the fact that he just started that he couldn't make any money for two or three months but he wanted to keep paying his uh his assistance, oh, that's what I thought this is definitely uh oh, it's ending at this beautiful little farm here on my left, which looks like straight from a fairy tale nice uh, roof with uh made out of straw and then black wood and uh, the stones are white it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I think this road also goes to one of those farms, yeah. It ends up in a farm as well. Okay, well, that's good to know. I never took this road. So I know now that this is a dead end. Oh, and there's another truck moving backwards. So I guess there's not even space here to turn around with your car. You have to just put it in reverse. But, uh, so even though his personnel didn't have to work for, th- for uh, three months, he continued to pay them. That just the loyalty that that must create among his uh, his assistants uh, is amazing. And so, uh, kudos to him for doing that. And I think that, uh, well, I've, I've got a feeling that people that make moral choices like that, because he wasn't forced to, all these, these assistants were not under contract. He just pays them per hour, I guess, or per day. The fact that he did want to support them and their families... Um, it's a, the kind of character that I think will be very successful because he, uh, that will, that will show and his clientele will appreciate that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see in, it, even though there's this crisis and, and well, maybe of course he had the means to do that, but still to see someone making choices that are not just, uh, based on, uh, on, on, on cold calculations like is this profitable or not but but chooses the well-being of his personnel first I think those are the fruits of this corona time you see um, great examples of, of charity of um, a willingness to help even though it may not be the you know the, the most profitable thing to do I think in our church, if I try to apply that to my own situation, uh, we have to do the same. And believe it or not, it's not always the case. I've been uh, more involved in the parish life than ever before, uh, almost full-time for the past three months. And so I, I see what 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 is happening behind the scenes as well, and the kind of choices that people make. and. I've noticed a tendency and I don't know where this comes from to to overlook the personal side of things and to focus on cost control on savings on uh, trying to make ends meet and forgetting that first and foremost we are a community of people that need pastoral care, and uh, not just financial management. Uh, I've 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 seen this happening, and of course I'm just an observer. I'm not. I've not been involved in all these choices. But I do have the feeling that uh, sometimes the 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 wrong priorities are at play because they look at the costs first, and then at the People, <laughs> I don't want to go too in spe- into specifics because uh, I don't I don't feel comfortable discussing the, you know the, like examples of this. Uh, again, also because my my view may may be limited, but uh, I can talk about an overall trend that I see in uh, my diocese and in the Netherlands, maybe also in other parts of the world, where. There is this panic, like the church is shrinking. How do we um, uphold what we've made? How can we manage the situation with less income, with less donations, with an older population? And instead of uh, thinking first of the question, well, well what do people search for now? Maybe it's not what you offer but maybe the demand has changed, um, and and so uh, the fault is not that what you did before is is wasn't good for that time and for the people back then. It was it was great, but if you continue to do and it no longer meets the demand, then you're basically dead. It's not gonna ever. It's not ever going going to work. So the first attitude I think should be of listening and discerning, instead of counting your uh, your coins and managing uh, you can you, even a bad restaurant uh, has to be managed but it doesn't improve the kitchen sometimes you have to ask before you change the cook and before you economize on the menu and use lesser quality ingredients only watch one of those Gordon Ramsay fixes uh, restaurant shows and you'll you'll understand what I mean it doesn't help to economize on the quality of your food just to make ends meet if the food itself does not appeal to the customers anymore. So the very first thing you need to do is ask yourself, what is the situation that I'm in? Maybe the neighborhood has changed. Maybe the demographics have changed. Maybe culture has changed and new things are, uh, are popular. How can I use that information to modify what I offer? And I think that is uh, that's a question that is overlooked because of the panic. It's like, oh, it's corona time. And how are we going to survive this? And, you know, donations have gone to almost to zero. And, and then there is this willingness that I understand because I feel it myself too. Is when can we go back to normal? So there is this haste to, re- to go back to the life that we had, including church life. And I've said it before here on this show. It didn't work before Corona times. How can we ever presume that it will work after Corona times? So society has changed for years to come. And I think this is a, a time of change, or at least of opportunity to change. I think it's not by accident that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have been... Uh, like modifying their uh, uh, restaurants good morning to you too have been uh, going through refurbishments of, of their uh, establishment um, because this, this is also a time where you can, yes yes <laughs> oh wow this hairdresser in the middle of nowhere is called Solo <laughs> Solo hair care interesting I wonder if they get a cease and desist from uh, from Disney soon, <laughs> but uh, probably not because you can't claim a word like that. The uh, uh, the the, cha- the opportunity for change is something that is available, but you still have to uh, t- take that and run with it. And the first thing, if you want to change, is ask yourself, well, what should I change? Uh, I can give you one example that concerns me. And that is the, uh, the internet of streaming, the masses and the, the other stuff that we put online. It's been mildly successful. I have to say I'm very happy with the quality and with what we do. But the reach is terrible compared to the size of the parish. And when I look at other parishes, uh, we should do much better. And I don't think that we're at fault... But I think that uh, communications has been neglected for many, many years. And that is why we can't reach our parishioners. I think many of these locations don't feel that they're part of a bigger parish. And so they don't even see what we're doing. And they'll just retreat on their own turf, doing their, you know, little things that maybe reach a few people, but definitely you, you miss that opportunity of building that co- or continuing to build your community online if they don't feel like, like they're part of a bigger parish then uh, you can do the best things but you won't get, you don't, you won't get an audience so uh, I, I've been fighting for uh, more opportunities to build on this and to take the positive feedback that we get, including people that would never go to church, but are now following Mass every week, and are having conversations in the chat room about faith, to take that and build on that. Because it shows me that there is still room for growth. It's just that our method wasn't the right one. And I'm not saying that internet building an Internet community is the only thing, or the best thing it can do is a parish right now but it's definitely yielding results so it's worth building on something that does help people and and uh, improves your reach instead of what we used to do which was only decreasing in, re- in reach every single year but there is immediately this discussion about the costs and uh, um, I was in a, in, a, in a call last Friday uh, with uh, a, gr- a group of people that I gathered around this internet streaming project. Not necessarily people that do it themselves or are familiar with it, but they are in positions of power. And th- so they can provide me with the funds and the, um, the backing of, of this project. I f- thought it was, well, I explained this in one of my earlier episodes about leadership um, and so we were discussing w- what, what we were going to do in the next couple of months. And I really had to make a strong case for continuing this. But also, I had to offer that I would take care of everything. Because nobody wanted to commit themselves. They just want to go back to the old structures as soon as they can. And, and uh, this, this new branch, I would say, of our church communities was almost discarded immediately, like, well, that's no longer necessary, because we were going to open the churches, not thinking of all the people that we've, we're reaching now that will not come to church, even if we open it up. And that includes, I think, very faithful um, members of our community. So I, again, I had to the arguments that I had to use to convince them that this was worth pursuing were financial. I said the, the demographic of people that are not coming to church, even if it's allowed with all these strict rules, is the older generation. They are the ones that are paying for what you do right now. They, The, the older generation, 70 plus, those are the ones that contribute most financially to the parish life. And you're going to abandon them? You're just going to tell them, well, hey, our churches are open. It's not our fault that you don't come to us. That's an that old mentality of thinking that people serve you instead of you have to serve them. And I think with our, uh, even, even if it's very modest what we do with the streaming services, it, is a, it shows an attitude of we want to be there for you. Just like that hairdresser wanted to be there for his personnel. And even though it, it was only very small what he did, but it showed a mentality, a mindset that I think will ultimately always be fruitful. And so that pastoral side uh, was apparently not that important, but it was the financial side that convinced them to continue doing this. And even then, with a great deal of reluctance, like, well, uh, maybe. And then, uh, well, what about the international mass? And I said, well... I'll as if you give me the opportunity to continue these morning masses on the internet for the for the f- foreseeable few months, then you know you'll you, I'll give you the international mass for free, and then immediately that triggered a reaction from one of the participants. Like, oh, I'm going to write that down. So you're going to do that for free, so we don't have to pay you for that. Like, what kind of mentality is that? And then I saw later on in the notes of that meeting that they they had like put it. <laughs> Right there on top of everything, like, international masses, we don't have to pay for them. Man. It's the international mass that reaches the most people. It's the international mass that, uh, I think, affects the younger generation that we're desperate to reach. But the only thing that they heard was, oh, it's for free, Father Roderick will do that for free, so we don't have to pay him for that. As if they pay me for what I do anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, here in the parish working for 20% of my time. Uh, so that covers a, a couple of masses in the weekend. That's it. So, of course, I do so much more than that. But that mentality of, oh, so he's doing an extra mass. We don't have to pay him for that. That is, that is your rationale. Wow. A couple of motorbikes. I think that's a school, motor school. Hope it didn't startle you if you're listening to this while you're on the road as well. Um, But it did shock me a little bit. It's like, wow, so that's the only thing you remember? And that was just an offhand comment. Uh, I was like, okay, well, well, you know what? (laughs) That won't cost you anything extra. It was basically, for me, uh, uh, a way to tell them... uh, don't worry about the cost. This is not a financial discussion. I'll, I'll do this in my spare time if necessary. I'll give up other things just because I value this. And instead of hearing that, it's just a financial question that that determines the their choices. And I don't think that's the right way to go. But anyway, as usual, it's a given situation. I don't think I can change that mentality anytime soon. I can just learn from it and try to Act differently, um, and continue to ask myself. Oh, well, so well, what is what is he? What is the calling in this situation? What am I called to do? And uh, instead of just rushing forward and doing things the way I, uh, I used to do them, I'm so blessed with our current board of directors of um, of Tridio. They are. Definitely of that same mindset. Well, let's before we rush into things, let's stop and think and listen and weigh things and then make a decision. And let's not try to do this all by ourselves. Let's find partners. And um, for me, that has been a huge sup- help and, uh, and support to also resist some of the pressure that other. People are putting on me for you know basically going back to the, the way things were and claiming a certain uh, a certain right to uh, on uh, to, to my activities based on what I used to do uh, that happened in a number of, of cases, especially well the when when it applies to the parish, they wanted to plan ahead for the entire year when it comes to masses and so the part of their resistance to give me the opportunity to continue the, these masses on the internet was that they just wanted me to go to other churches in a parish um, because these churches are you know, good uh, these communities are 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 contributing financially quite a bit it's, you know, again, it's, it's you have the feeling, I'm not sure if that is the only reason, but it, it's too prominent in the, in the discussions every time. But, but that, that community brings in a lot of money, so we need to put our priest there. And I was like, well, since when is that an, uh, a criterion for where God sends you? God is not choosing based on the revenue that he gets from it. What kind of church is that? I mean, it's the the whole way of thinking. more than, Now that I'm saying it, I, I realize how ridiculous that is. Have you ever heard Jesus tell his apostles, go to the ends of the world, make an assessment of which villages bring in the most money, and go preach there? And don't go to the poor, because, well, what did they ever do? What did they ever do for the gospel? What kind of thinking would that be? I don't think that Jesus would have any followers back then and now if he would if would if he would have talked like that. And yet that is definitely part of the discussion and, and the the is influencing our choices right now. And I think it's wrong. And I feel comfortable saying that it is wrong. Um, so what should you do is Where are the fruits? You recognize the tree by its fruits. I see fruits in this new way of reaching people, in trying out new forms. It's not the content that is new. That's always new. The gospel is always new and always applicable to the current situation. But our forms have... It's like wearing old pants for too long. See how I'm tying up all these topics in my talk? We, we are wearing the same old pants and we don't even notice that there are holes in it. And that it's time to, to get new pants. It doesn't change your body, but it does change your, your, um, your overall appearance. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, uh, the reason that I want to continue with this uh, internet uh, streaming and building an internet community is because our current network, our offline network, is broken. Whereas these internet initiatives are gathering people, bringing them to, together and bringing them to God. What more can you ask for? It's a gift of God. And not using these means as a priest, as a follower of Jesus, I think would be disregarding this gift. And, and, and not using the opportunities that God gives us in these times of crisis. Pope Francis had a nice metaphor the other day in a talk that he gave to uh, a conference. It's pre-recorded. And he said, times of crisis are a time of growth or can be a time of growth. And he compared the corona situation to um, someone who's trying to grow a plant and he puts it in a pot, and at first the pot is, is big enough, and he waters it every day, and the pe- plant starts to grow. And at one point, the roots of the, of the plant need more space. So what happens? It, the pot breaks. The, the plant is so powerful that it breaks the old encasing. And so what you have to do is to ch- search for another pot, a bigger pot, <laughs> so the plant can continue to grow. That is exactly the kind of metaphor that I feel is applicable to this situation where I'm at. I've we've planted some seeds uh, three months ago, and they've started to grow. And now, what I'm asked to do is basically, well, just if the plant grows too much, or or they don't even see, they don't even look at the plant. It's like, well, that pot needs to be preserved. That we paid money for that pot. Keep the pot. And then the plant will die. Whereas I'm thinking, well, just get rid of the pot and get a bigger one. (laughs) Yes, you pay a little bit for it, but you get a bigger plant. And if that plant grows into a a fruit tree, you'll be able to harvest apples and pears and it will be worth so much more than a pot. I'm not even talking about financial results, but just the overall fruits of, of that mission on that digital mission so, what I, so that is uh, why I believe the well if, if they don't see it, I do see it and I'm going to protect my plants <laughs> and the seeds that God has well, we, we planted the seeds and God made them grow, right? I want to protect that because I feel that I need to it's part of my job as a priest so, how am I going to protect the the international mass, even though they completely disregard it and don't look at the fruits? I'm willing to take it over and to just bring it into our pastoral mission that we have with uh, with Tridio. Um, the same actually for the morning mass, I'm still pondering about that, but we could, could continue the way we did during Corona times. So Film mass as nicely as possible, but I think there is another opportunity. There is there is a possibility to do something even more specific. One thing that I learned from the mass for geeks is that going looking for a niche audience, and for let's say for church, geeks is a niche audience. Not for the world, niche is pretty broad, mainstream culture, but for the church, it is a minority. But f- trying to get those geeks interested in a mass, an international mass, and uh, using a language and metaphors that they understand and they can relate to and 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 uh, is fun for them has been, I think, the reason that we're still doing this international mass. Well, why don't we apply that to our parish masses as well, that we stream and focus, for instance, on... Uh, parts of our demographics that, that normally don't feel attracted to what we celebrate in, in a regular parish church what if we specialize in reaching parents and their kids and, and what if we specialize on people that want to become catholic but are still too uh, far away from the community to dare to step into a real church what if we focus on that and teach them What if we specialize on groups that would love the church to be more prayerful? How many times have I heard that? If only the church would, would shut up every once in a while. You hear that from young people a lot. I think it's part of the attraction of um, the Tridentine Mass is that it is a little bit more prayerful. And because a lot of the Mass is in Latin... It's not really about uh, an interne- intellectual <laughs> exercise. It is uh, gives you time to pray and to connect on a deeper level than just language to what is happening. There's more. There seems to be more room for the mystery. Now, I believe that that is totally possible in the Novus Ordo, as they call it in Latin, so the new rite, the, which is not new at all. I mean, it's from the the 60s and the 70s of the last century it's pretty established by now but I think um, if we would specialize more on the prayerful side, on the mystical side of what we celebrate, the beauty of the liturgy it's something that people desire and that they long for and they don't often find it in their own parish environment well what if we can supplement that So I'm I'm thinking of the opportunities to do something new instead of just going back to what we used to do, singing the same old songs that nobody likes, Uh, having a church that is run by the elderly, literally, from everyone who acts in the liturgy, is 70 plus. I don't have anything against the elderly. I'm almost one myself. But I believe that our church should show its younger face as well. And young people have the right to be an acting member of the community and we have to give them responsibilities. So the first thing that I want when we go back, when we open our churches and people are able to come back to church, is I want to imply the the younger uh, altar boys and girls. I want to give them a prominent role, because this is their church too they can help rebuild it just as much as the older generation. Across the road here. I think it's rush hour now. More, Definitely more cars than half an hour ago. All right. So, um, I would love to use the, these upcoming months that we will be able to continue to do these masses. Um, and bring something new to the table. Another idea that I had was we have this uh, choir of... uh, It's a very small choir. They sing Gregorian chant. I love Gregorian chant. However, this choir is, well, 30 years older than when they started to sing Gregorian chant. And there are no newer members. There are no young people that join them. The, The age difference is too big. Well, just the other day I heard that the current director of the choir is stopping he's getting a little bit too old as well it's becoming a bit too challenging so they were looking for another director and i'm thinking this could be an opportunity to revitalize uh gregorian chant in combination with internet what there is currently uh, a huge interest in our society for gregorian chant i think i've already mentioned that uh couple of months ago uh, there was this online seminar that you could follow and and this was already during the corona crisis and you would be tutored into singing gregorian chant it's kind of the basics but it was very well done and there were more than two thousand participants paying participants that's how much interest there is so I was thinking, why why don't we why don't we cater to that demand and uh, offer a number of online seminars in Gregorian chant? I'm pretty sure that if I would do that internationally, it would be a mega hit. But well, let's start it. Let's start in Dutch and invite people maybe once every two or three months to join us for mass. Singing these Gregorian hymns and everything maybe even split it up into like the basics and then one course for people that already know how to sing Gregorian chant and want to get some more advanced material to sing so that during mass you can split it up into the songs that everybody needs to know like the Creed and the Salve Regina and that sort of stuff and then the uh, uh, the uh, opening song and the psalm and all that, but the more complicated stuff in, in Gregorian chant. It, I, th- And then I would definitely give it, like the entire mass should have this almost monastic feel to it. Maybe even invite uh, a priest from a religious community that sings Gregorian chant for that particular mass and preach about what, well, I don't know, about the Inspiration in his or her life and, well, if it's uh, she then you could do a testimony and, and add this religious uh, treasure to to, your, to what you're offering I would watch it I would absolutely watch it even if I would go to my own parish mass I would sit down later on and, and watch that mass and sing along with it I think there's a huge opportunity there. Again, it's just a simple idea, but something you can't do without the internet. It becomes possible because of this whole new connection that you have with with people. Um, That sort of stuff, I would love to develop it in the upcoming months, build on it. it. It just gives me so many ideas. And what I need to do is to stand up for those ideas and ask for room to do that. Instead of letting other people uh, determine my agenda and forcing me back into the things the, in the way into the way the things were, oh, another truck where is it going left right <laughs> he 's waiting for me. I think it was going to the left it 's a very uh tight road here. they probably needed some space to turn so um the the I've, I've struggled a bit with some people putting pressure on me lately uh, because they are in a hurry they want to get things done uh, so same is true for the tv show um, originally i'd planned to film the whole season in may well corona so we didn't do that and uh, i think i've already told this uh, the broadcasting company that I work for wanted to have a different format, uh, so that took me a long time to think about that and to re-formulate re- the, the the show and and its uh, goals. And, but of course, there are always people that <clears throat> that are depend well dependent that that make money uh, working with me, um, like working with me, but. Are in a rush, they want to get going. And I felt that pressure too. And I just couldn't deal with it. I was like, there is so much going on right now, and I need time. I need time to think. I need time to ponder and to listen first and to weigh things and to look at what, ask myself, what, what is my role in this? What am I willing to do for this TV show? Because it is going to be extremely demanding. And I have learned from previous years that I don't want to be in a situation where, um, even though I've already filmed all the episodes, I will still have lots of work to do every time before the deadline. Well, I want to make sure that I can make a change on that level too, so I just need more time. And again, the board of, of, of Tridio has been very supportive, saying, you know, don't, don't let other people rush you. Take your time. We'll talk about this. We'll protect you. Uh, What matters is that what you do gives you energy and serves our mission. What doesn't do that should not be in your list of priorities right now. And I'm so grateful that what I feel is confirmed by them, that that is the way to go. Make room for something new. Don't rush into the old stuff. Because you you will be stuck in that and... (laughs) You will, you will overlook the opportunities that are here and that may actually lead you to something much more exciting than the situation before corona. So, uh, the, the people pleaser in me is much more modest than it used to be a couple of years ago. I'm, I feel more confident to demand room for, uh, especially to listen and to reflect. And uh, the, the risk is, of course, to take too much time doing that, so it's always uh, important to find a, a good balance and to plan and make sure that if you have these new ideas there will be enough uh, resources to do it. So, for instance, going back to that international mass, let's say we have a board meeting next Monday. What I'm going to propose is let us run this as a Tridio initiative. It means that we have to pay all the costs. So we have our choir director who had formed a small choir of uh, people that were extremely good. I mean, if you've ever watched the International Mass, um, last week was just him because of the corona restrictions, but before we had uh, four singers. It's amazing what they can sing. The, 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 The quality is out of this world compared to what we used to do in a parish. Well... If I have to pay him, I asked him, just give me a... Show me the numbers. You know, how much would that cost to continue doing that? And what he does is uh, he also composes new songs. Uh, this has to do also with the ongoing problem with uh, algorithms on YouTube mostly, where if you sing any song that is popular in, in the U.S., all those songs are licensed. So you get a copyright claim. I don't want any copyright claims on liturgy. (laughs) I understand that they do it, but it is very obnoxious. And every time there is a claim, you have to deal with it. And there's always the risk that one of these uh, owners, uh, copyright holders, will not just uh, put a copyright claim on that particular episode, but will file a complaint and your channel could be shut down. That would be a total disaster. Because Father Roderick is where I have 27,000 followers. And if that gets shut down because of a song during Mass, train... the uh, intercity train to Utrecht. Trains are back to normal as well, so I've been able to record these walks with relatively little noise from trains, but now they're back in full swing. Kind of sounds familiar again on the walk. Another train. <laughs> so um, I, I just asked him, well, what, it, "What? How much would that cost to just continue? And if you would compose your own stuff? Well, of course, composing takes a lot of time, but I think it's brilliant, and it's, it, he loves it. He loves to be able to create something new as well, instead of just continuing." He's, he says I'm now, what is it, 59? No, he's not that old. I know, he's a little bit older than I am. But he, he's like, I've been doing this work for most of my life as a musician. And for the last couple of years, I've got the feeling that I'm just doing the same and the, people don't, the choirs are kind of tired and old and they don't want to innovate. But I'm a, I'm a composer, I'm a musician. I want to create something new and it gives me joy. So I'd much rather invest in this international mass and creating new material rather than um, continuing to do you know to just lead these these same old choirs just because I need to make money and, and pay my, my family so he gave me a, an indication of the cost and um, that's expensive that is actually quite expensive but I'm thinking well it, what do you want if I, if you just want something cheap, then it won't have the reach that you want it to have it won't have the quality if you want quality you have to pay for it It's the same with equipment but if so for on a parish level, I can imagine that they may not think it's worthwhile because it's in English and it's not for everyone in the parish and so they don't care that much about the international mass but I'm thinking of all the people that we are able to reach. And I think this, this is just the beginning. We have not promoted the Mass for Geeks. Um, and there are so many expats here in the city and communities of migrant Catholics that we could involve in this. I think there's huge opportunity. At least I think still have to test it and try it out. But if that requires me to fund um, the, the choir as well, And that is a lot of money. Then I'll just do fundraising. I'll just try to see if I can get those costs covered as well. After all, a parish would have to do the same. They don't. I think they spent money they don't have. Because they just want to continue providing the same old to people that are used to it. But... I would say, well, what is wrong with looking at this from another perspective and saying this works, this reaches people this touches people's hearts and minds music is an integral part of that so we're just going to ask the people that benefit from it to help us continue that and I'm I'm convinced that if we would make a, a plea for that that people would help realize this so anyway, it's this whole, uh feeling that i have that this is the moment where i need to choose a new direction uh not just go back to the way things were but trying to follow the lessons that you've learned and expand and build upon them i think that is what, what i need to do get a new pair of pants <laughs> don't continue to wear the ones that are that are used up uh change your lifestyle uh, start eating healthy, watching your calories, spend reserve time to get fit again because that will be the foundation for the renewal and for the stuff that you need to do. Same thing, the church has to become healthy again. It needs to count not calories but count the blessings and if there are no blessings there's probably something wrong in what you do and instead the church is not supposed to be sterile. That's one of the things that I learned from the books about uh, parish renewal, if your church is no longer growing, then you can be certain that you're not listening to God. Uh, And I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here, but the word of God cannot be without fruit. And so if it remains without fruit, if there's no renewal, then you're probably, your first job is to stop what you've been doing And to listen and ask, well, what is your direction? Where should we go? We want to follow Jesus, not following our own preconceived agendas and calendars and habits. Jesus has always been disruptive. Any change is disruptive. It breaks the pot. But if you're not willing to break the pot and buy a new one, the plant will never grow. That's Pope Francis saying it. And I'm... (laughs) I think that is applicable to this situation. So the next couple of months, I will do a lot of things in a new way. And if that means breaking the pots that I'm using, that I've used so far, or that other people are, are forcing me to use, then so be it. So be it. <laughs> you can't change without breaking the old. And breaking is risky or it makes you feel uncomfortable, but it is inevitable, and it's not a problem. If something breaks to make room for something new, then break it already. <laughs> anyway, I can, I can come up with a hundred metaphors for the same thing, but I think I made my point now. I'm, going, I'm heading back to, uh, to the rectory. I'll have a Skype call with Inge, and at 11.30, I think, I'll have a meeting with the pastoral team where I have to uh, stick to my points, <laughs> stick to what I feel called to protect, even if it disrupts maybe expectations or pressure, uh, or, or, or may, may cause people to put pressure on me. I feel confident that I do what I need to do right now. Um, thanks for your time, for the privilege of your time. I hope you enjoyed this walk. And uh, there will be another one next week. If you want to support my mission, patreon.com slash fatherrodrick. And final uh, tip, go to fatherrodrick.com and look at that new website that we've, we've been building. I am so stoked. It is the best website, I think, that, that we've built so far in the 15 years that I've been doing this media work. So check it out, fatherrodrick.com. Put it, uh, bookmark it, And if there is content that you've never watched, because it's mostly video-based, then check it out and enjoy the archives. I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.